Today on Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, it's the Jason Isbell miniseries, Southeastern, Episode 3. Hey everybody, welcome to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. This is the podcast where conventionally, traditionally, historically, we talked about every Bruce Springsteen song in alphabetical order one by one. But we stopped doing that a while ago because we ran out of songs. And currently we are talking about the body of work of one Jason Isbell. And today we're finishing up our three-part discussion of Jason Isbell's seminal 2013 album, Southeastern. My name is Rob Carmack, and I'm joined as always by J.B. Clark. Hey, are you excited about this? I'm always excited to talk about Southeastern. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a good one. Um, I was going to ask, and, do you, uh, the, the four songs that we're looking at, do you feel a certain amount of affection for these songs? How, like, uh, of the three episodes that we've devoted to this, where are you on, on the, that? Uh, all right, so this is sort of my note on, well, I mean, I think this is the bottom three of the three. I think that's right. I agree yeah. with that. But I, I have this note for um, New South Wales, but it really applies to this section of songs. Okay. Um, but so on the last few records, we've talked about how he's starting to write songs that look like Isbel songs and like his imagery and his voice are taking shape. Right. Yes. Um, especially in like the last record, but even as early as the first, uh, section, section of songs we talked about, like with decoration day, um, that's a song where like he is not fully composed as a songwriter, but that song is a full glimpse into like his power. Mm. Um, and so, um, but we've been talking about on the non-single tracks, on the sevens and nines of the last records, like, you know, this isn't quite cutting it. This isn't quite what you're known for yet. You know, like this isn't up to par. Yeah. Um, but, and this is something that you can't say for most artists, but like, ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy to report that this is the moment we've been talking about from this point forward. You will not get another swing and miss. You will not get a whiff. You will not get another just regular old seven or nine. No, 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 no. Yeah. Every song from here on out is pure gold. The, the, the B-sides are solid now. We're talking here about 4.5s from this moment forward. Yeah, he's not writing a lot of a lot of filler at this There's point. No chaff. Yeah, and we've talked about every song, like, sort of up to this point on this record, is, like, is, it an, is, a, is probably a five-star song, right? I mean, for the most part, yes. I think I that's think right. I think maybe Different Days is, like, I think we probably would give a little bit less. I think I gave I think I give Red Live Oak, Oak a four, um, but or Live Oak, not Red Oak. Yeah, Live Oak. Red, yeah, Live Oak. But yeah, I mean, like f- these these from here on out, we got to get picky. You know what I mean? Like uh, I watch a lot of Top Chef, <laughs> and yes. uh, Calicchio is always like, uh, "Yeah, this isn't something I would normally tell a normal chef, but you're on Top Chef." <laughs> Yeah. So we're getting picky now. <laughs> yeah, nobody's co- going home for a bad dish from here on. Yeah. Like, these are all great dishes, but we got to get picky at this point. That's so. right. Somebody has to go home. Yeah. This season has been so nice of Top Chef, by the way. I'm only one episode behind, but uh, yes, I've really enjoyed this season of Top Chef. I really There's like just the- a lot of Spanish being spoken in the kitchen, which is nice. It's just nice to hear. It's nice. Yeah, there's a lot of diver- diversity on the show overall. There's a lot of representation of, of yeah. not not just like a bunch of white people from like Minnesota or what or whatever. It's you you see a lot of different types of food and different cultures represented and um yeah. and not only that, one one of the things I love about this show as opposed to every other reality show I've ever seen is everybody's kind of in it together. You know what I mean? Like it, mm. it, it, no one, as far as I can tell, no one on this season of the show has like a cutthroat attitude about like, I'm not here to make friends. Like everybody seems to be pretty genuinely 
glad to be working together. You know, that's what I love about Australian Survivor. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, man. They're just like lifting each other up and taking each other to the finish line. It's so sweet. I like that. I, I like that it's that the thing that, that makes somebody great on Top Chef isn't like their ability to undercut their their competitors. It's just like whoever cooks the best meal. You know, everybody yeah. everybody is rooting for each other to to cook the at, at their best because they, I think everybody who wants to win wants to win because they actually were the best, not because like of some technicality or because somebody like blew it on a on a sorbet or whatever. Yeah. Also, this season has a bunch of guest judges, and they're basically all my favorite, like past contestants. I love like, that if they've, you told me to write yes. down all my favorite past contestants, we would be you would you know probably hit like eight out of ten of them. I think so, especially Melissa from last season. She's yes. she's one of my all time favorite Top Chef winners, and that they've had her be so like front and center this season has been great. Yeah, and Amar, I, I just Amar, and I feel like me and Amar have a lot of like soul connections. You know, if we sat down and talked to each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, um, it's just been a good season. Anyway, uh, I don't know how many how many what is the Venn diagram overlap between people who listen to this podcast and who are caught up on Top Chef. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I will say I have been watching like the first and through third season lately, and it is not collaborative in those seasons. It is no. so, and they're bad too. They're still like they're still not great chefs. They're not getting the cream of the crop. So it's just like bad chefs being mean to each other. Oh. Yeah, I don't like the being mean to each other. I, I could do without that. I don't I don't like the reality show, like the villain um trope of the reality show. I, I like yeah. I like it I like shows that are about like competency and yeah. like um working together. I, I and I enjoy those kinds of things. It makes me yeah. feel good. And uh speaking of competency, man, the back <laughs> half of the record. Well done. Like, well yeah, done. Dude, I'm always trying to I'm always trying to do a callback. You know what? You know what, Chef? You just made it into the top three. Oh, thank you. <laughs> We'll see you at judges' table. We'll see you at judges' table. <laughs> oh man! Uh, anyway, it's a proper noun, judges' table. It is not the judges' table. No, it's a proper noun. Na- You're absolutely right. It is a proper noun. Yeah, and it's so weird how hard they stick to it. <laughs> they, they they definitely stick to the traditional components. I love that we we just you, you got us so perfectly back into Jason Isbell, and I boomeranged us straight back to to Top Chef. Effortlessly. No, it's fine, man. It's fine. And you know, if we were drawing knives on like which of the best songs were <laughs> the best songs, this these weren't be the best on this record, but these are like these are the best songs. These still. are part of these the are record. Incredible for sure. songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and I mean, like we're gonna talk about Super Eight's like Super Eight's an album standout, but the other three are like still really, really well crafted songs. Yeah, they are. Well, then let's let's just get into it. The next song that we're uh, that we're talking about, if we're we're going in order from like picking up where we left off last time, we're talking about New South Wales. Here we sit Across the table from each other A thousand miles from both our mothers Barely old enough to rust Here we sit Pretending both our hearts are anchored Taking candy from these strangers Midst the diesel and the dust And here we sit yeah, and this this one I have a note on this one that says, uh, "Let's just go ahead." We don't read the lyrics on all these, but my note says, "Let's just go ahead and read this poem on air." I think we should. Yeah, in yeah. New South Wales, for anybody who doesn't know, is uh, in Australia, and so right. like, this is a real place that Jason is writing from. So, um, but yeah, man, do you want to go ahead? Do you want to just read through the lyrics? 
Yeah, so here we sit across the table from each other, a thousand miles from both our mothers, barely old enough to rust, which is such an incredible Like, you think a thousand miles from both our mothers is such a great, relatable line until you hear the next line, barely old enough to rust. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. is a specific 23-year-old. You know what I, I mean? <laughs> yeah, and I believe the other character in this uh, in this song is Justin Towns Earl. Okay. I think that's right. I I, I think I think this is anecdotally. I believe Jason has said that this this song was written while he was on tour in Australia with Justin Towns Earl, or it was written about that time at the very least. Yeah, I think I've heard that story as well. Yeah, if I'm wrong, I'm sure we've got some listeners who will let us know. But I think that's right. Yeah. All right. So here we sit, pretending both our hearts are anchors, taking candy from these strangers, which is such a beautiful way to describe like getting a little bit of. Well, yeah, but also like. (laughs) Also, that little bit of first success, you know, you get um, in anything. Like yeah. People just start kind of showing up that weren't there before. Anytime you get like a little more success than you used to have, like people just kind of show up that weren't there before. And it's so easy to just start being like, yes, yeah, 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 I'll take that, I'll take that, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, even and like and getting kind of big about it, even even if you're just like <laughs> a shitty bar band who happens to be in a cool town on the right night. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> that was a speci- that was a specific. Uh, so anyway, taking candy from these strangers amidst the diesel and the dust, and here we sit singing words nobody taught us, drinking fire and spitting sawdust, trying to teach ourselves to breathe. We haven't yet, but every chorus brings us closer. Every flyer and every poster gives us a piece of what we need. So he's straight up describing what it's like to be on tour in Australia with Justin Towns Earl, like. The diesel in the in the dust, like that's the tour bus pulling out of another, I assume like a Australian rest stop or whatever, um, and you know every, every I like every chorus brings us closer, every flyer, every poster, like he's yeah he's talking about being a working musician out on tour a thousand miles from home, yeah, but also every um, we're teaching ourselves to breathe, but we haven't yet, mm-hmm. but every chorus brings us closer, like we're learning. To breathe. We're learning to be ourselves. We're learning to be human. We're learning to be this who we think that we're supposed to be. Yeah. With every flyer, every poster, every breath, every chorus, it's a piece of what we need. Well, and I mean, how great that this shows up on his album where he really, truly does discover his voice, right? Like, yeah. he, like every every album leading up to this, in one way or another, like to, to varying points of success, he's been trying to find his voice. He's, he's been trying to differentiate himself from the drive-by truckers. He's been trying to figure out what it's like for him to just be himself. He's mm-hmm. gotten sober. He's He's been on a journey, and he's all, all the while kind of like maturing and forming his own particular voice and style. And here, like, and so I love that this song ends up on the album where he actually does find his voice. Yeah, you know. And um, yeah, so in the sand they call that they call cocaine costs you twice as much as gold. You you're better off to drink your coffee black, uh, which is <laughs> just great great advice, honestly. Well, it, <laughs> just I poetically he, put, great advice. And the first few times I heard this, I thought when he said the sand that they call cocaine, I thought he was saying that cocaine was like as available as sand on the beach. But I think what he's saying is like the, the cocaine is of poor quality. Is that right? I don't know. Because later he, he says the piss they call tequila. You know? Oh, yeah. So maybe. But also, like, is it bad tequila because they're in, oh, because they're in Australia. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. He says the piss they call tequila, even Waylon wouldn't drink. So like he's talking about like the like even the the drugs we're getting here aren't great. Like the sand that they call cocaine costs you, but it's super expensive too. So it's it's yeah. bad, but they're also charging. You'd be better off to drink oh, yeah. coffee black. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super with you now. Yeah. Super with you now. So, uh, but I swear the land listened to the stories that we told, which is such a great line and feeling. To yeah. like be in a space that feels like it remembers. Uh, do you, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. Being, yeah. Um, like the land itself is responding to to the work that they're doing, to the songs that they're singing. Yeah. Sorry, there's a train on my end. That's I right. know that you can like not escape a train in your recording life. I, I I can't I'm, either. I'm familiar. Yeah. I have incorporated them so into just into what I'm recording anyway. But I swear the land it listened to the stories that we told. God bless the busted boat that brings us back, which is like a great reference to just an, a modern country standard. The bless the broken road, yeah, um, which has been played by everybody, yeah, uh, including very famously by Rascal Flatts. Yeah, it's become um, cliche almost, and so he's kind of playing off that cliche. Yeah, morning's rough. It don't give a damn about the mission. Has no aesthetic or tradition. Only lesson never learned. And I'd had enough about a month ago tomorrow. I'd had enough about a month ago tomorrow. Parting holds no trace of sorrow for the bitter and the burned. And the piss they call tequila, even Waylon wouldn't drink. Well, I'd rather sip this Listerine I packed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'd rather sip this Listerine I packed. Alabama thing to say. You know what I mean? Not yeah. that sentence specifically, but that formula of a sentence. <laughs> well, that's so Jason Isbell, too. That, 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 that is so his sense of humor. Like, I would rather I would rather sip the Listerine I packed than drink this the tequila. That even Waylon, yeah. uh, assuming he's referring to Waylon Jennings, like who, like... <laughs> Would uh, drink anything. Would drink anything. Yeah, even yeah. Waylon wouldn't drink <laughs> that tequila. So well, I'd like it's such a southernism to say like, well, I'd rather southern verb this specific noun, I ownership. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like totally. <laughs> it's, good, it's good country never... mad libs. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah, but I swear we've never seen a better place to sit and think. God bless the busted ship that brings us back, and the sand they call cocaine cost you twice as much as gold you'd better off you'd better you'd be better off to drink your coffee black but i swear the land it listened to the stories that we told god bless the busted boat that brings us back okay this is a very pretty song it's got like melodically i really like the choruses here um what musically what do you hear how do you how do you feel about this song just as a musician the fiddle's great and i think it's great because and he's kind of doing a brucey thing here mm-hmm. or a Susie thing here uh, in in that um, he's using the musical elements to to paint the picture, right? So like yeah. while it's a little bit of a southern fiddle, it kind of feels like a it almost feels like a boat, you know, like a, a weary traveler, a weary traveler fiddle. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. It's like an old Tommy. Yeah, and then the bass line kind of feels a little bit like waves. Yeah, it's, so it's, we're talking it's about like being wistful. overseas. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. And the bass does a lot of work in this song. The bass does a lot of work on the back half of this record. Mm. Um, it does a ton of work on Super 8. It's good. And it's not Jimbo. <laughs> no, it is not. We, we've confirmed. It's definitely not Jimbo yeah. Hart. <laughs> uh, it's super good, though. So, yeah. Um, and the I think the guitar is just like in the right ear most of the time. Yeah. Finger picked. Yeah, it's, it's a cool... It's just a well-mixed, perfect little song. It, it kind of feels like... Him and this is one of those songs where like um, him and maybe Dave 
kind of spent a little time by themselves in the in the booth. You know Dave, what I mean? Dave Cobb, super producer. Yeah, great job, great job, Dave Cobb. Great job, Dave Cobb. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh man, I love that. <laughs> so, what what is this song saying? Like, uh, other than just sort of being a memory and kind of a, um, kind of a, a reflection on what it, what it is to be far away from home as a musician who's perhaps struggling with sobriety because the two times cocaine or uh, alcohol are mentioned, he he mentions like you'd be better off to drink your coffee black or he'd rather be sipping Listerine. So, uh, and you know, we know this whole album is about sobriety at one level or another. So like, is this, is this a memory of what it was like for him to tour before he was sober? Or is this him like trying to reckon with sobriety while he's on tour? Like how does, how does this fit into the overall narrative of Southeastern? I think that, um, reckoning with sobriety and touring while you're thinking about sobriety but not quite or probably like not that different if yeah. that makes sense well, except for what you put in your mouth yeah well <laughs> in your the nose maybe, and like the way you he, the way you think about it it's not that you know it's at this point it's still he's still close enough to it that it's like nostalgic do you get the impression um, that the person he's talking to is buying the sand that they call cocaine and the te- the piss they call tequila like is it like is justin towns earl partaking in things that jason isn't and that and that's that's sort of how he's differentiating himself in the song i mean that it, it certainly uh would be feasible and reasonable to make that assumption i don't know that that's what he's saying here but it's, i don't think it's wrong by any means <laughs> yeah because um, i wonder i wonder if that's part of it too like he's on tour with like he's trying to be sober but he's on tour with somebody who isn't yeah I, I'm I'm reading a lot into to that, and I know Justin Towns Earl, who passed away not that long ago, had his own demons that he he reckoned with his whole life. So I wonder, you know, I wonder how much of this is him sort of like seeing a fork in the road between him and the people he tours with. Yeah, I will tell you that, like, um, as someone who has quit smoking a million times and hopefully forever now that I have a no smoking tattoo, yeah, um, <laughs> that like I have gone and like been like, oh, this is gonna be so good, and like lit. You know, like my brand after one and a half beers, you know, like the formula mm-hmm. <laughs> and like taking a drag and been like, well, <laughs> and that's like a moment where you're like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah. You'd be better off dr- sipping that Listerine that you packed. Yeah. Like I sent my trainer a message the other day. I was like, I had a really good week and I was like, I'm going to reward myself. And then I was like, with what? <laughs> Going to bed early? <laughs> And then I got kind of mad. I was like, I don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a disappointment? Like, I just don't know. Like, how do you reward yourself if like you, all your pre, all your previous rewards were like self destructive behaviors? It's kind of the ongoing battle of my life. That's a good question, and maybe that's one of the subtextual questions of this uh, of this song. Like, how do you how, how do you treat yourself when you're a thousand miles away from home and all the all the things that you used to enjoy are things that you no longer partake in? Like. Do you just drink black coffee and sip your Listerine, or like you know? Um, yeah. Is I, I wonder if there's a a sub level of this song that's reflecting on that as well. I mean, I, I that definitely resonates with me. I definitely think so. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's a good song. I really like this. Because like, yeah, you're freaking finally a, a sort of about to be a rock and roll star, and what? <laughs> just gonna drink black coffee outside of AA meetings. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like smoke cigarettes. Oh man, we did this party last night. Smoke so many cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's strangers offering you uh candy that maybe, maybe you shouldn't take. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, what's up? You want to take MDMA in the desert? <laughs> you know? And you're like, I do. <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> but I don't. 
Yeah. Couldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That, uh, I, I think I think there's a lot going, on. and maybe that's kind of the beauty of the song is like there. Even though it's simple at its surface, there's there's a lot to be sort of mined in the context of the album. What's that? Somebody uh, tweeted out a picture of him on the beach, like taking shots with his wife and a bunch of friends. And somebody and people were like, kind of worried about your sobriety, bud. And he was like, while I um, no longer consume alcohol, I think it is very important to rapidly consume liquids with my friends who do. <laughs> yeah, it turned out he to was be like, what, buddy, was that was like, like water? Sprite or water or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just the, 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 the social contract of, of doing it. Yeah, I've got a couple friends who are sober who like live for like sitting around and just like not live for it. <laughs> That's the wrong word to use in this example. Right. But who like really love whenever, you know, if we're all sitting around drinking a beer, they're like, please call me. I'll bring in our duels. Like, I love sitting around and talking. Like, like don't feel weird. I, I've, I've got a great collection of non alcoholic beer, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And so um, that could be, yeah, that could be a part of it. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I, I dig this song. I like it a lot. Yeah. I just love that God Bless the Busted Boat that brings us back to. Me too. Because it's great... the same. The melody fits so perfectly into this song, which is like, duh, it's a, it's a pretty traditional country song. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, know, there's, there's some rules. And so just luckily that works within those rules. It really does. It's good. Uh, you want to move on to the next one? Oh, yeah. So this is an absolute record standout. Okay. So we're talking about the next track, which is Super 8. This is this should be track one on this record. Well, it would be a lie if it was track one on this record. This yeah. should be track one on a different record, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it packs a punch. It the, the drummer counts it, counts you in, and then on the on the on the three or four on the second time through, it, he, he just jumps right into "Don't Want to Die in a Super Eight Motel." Yeah, and unless you, I mean, if the drummer's on the um, yeah, so the bass is just sixteenth notes the entire song mm. just the entire song just the whole song just eight, like just 16th notes just the bass is puts the whole song on its back and it's so good I this mean, is the, by the far the biggest sounding some, song on the album yeah 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 that's why like i kind of want to hear his like cowpunk record you know what i mean yeah. i want to hear him and the unit do a cowpunk record mm. maybe that'll happen one day yeah, that would be super killer. Just because they're all such killer guitar players, and and it would just be so much fun. Because I mean, the tone on this thing is just like it. <laughs> Nirvana would sounds clean, man, compared to this. Yeah, it's good. It's dirty. It's, it is just. It's yeah, and it's like it's like in a AM speaker box too. Mm-hmm. It, it's so much guitar in such a tiny space. <laughs> It, it's, I mean, and it really does stand out. I mean, if we've compared this to Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska. This is the open all night of this album. Because an open all night on Nebraska is the one like song with a, le- a little bit of electric guitar. And this, yeah. this just sort of like ratchets that up to a thousand, which is like the rest of the song is very, 
like kind of subdued like with with the exception of maybe like Stockholm like you know it's it it's it's a pretty low key album sonically speaking and then you get yeah. this one and it's like holy smokes like what like how, where did this come from you would not be um wrong to in your memory of this record think that it's sort of like a Nebraska record where it's just him yeah and a guitar it's not at all but I regularly still think it is, you know. <laughs> well, it it plays like that. It it plays it like a stripped really down does. album, especially compared to a lot of his previous work. I'm just so impressed that like so a lot of times in guitar tones like you're trying to take all the mid frequencies out, you know? Not all of them, it just depends on what you're going for. But like a lot of big rock sounds are like no mid frequencies, you uh-huh. know? So you're kind of on the either end of it. And that leaves a lot of room for vocals and if your bass wants to get punchy or whatever. But I mean, you know, you still not all so a lot of Guitar players still have mid frequencies, but you know it's usually like a smiley face if you look at the EQ. You know, mm, yeah. And then um, uh, this right here is like all mid. It's just like <laughs> this is like if every knob was turned all the way down, but just the middle one was turned all the way up. Like this, <laughs> this guitar tone occupies literally one hundred percent of just this one little space in the frequency chart. You know what I mean? Like it's just not literally one hundred percent. Obviously, there are other tones, but I mean it is. I just can't get over the tone. The way that they just they just really s- just stuck it in there, you know. Yeah. Well, he like he does book you're trying to stick into the middle of a bookshelf that's already really full. <laughs> that's very descriptive. He does this one a lot live. I and I mean obviously there there's no no I mean there's no mystery as to why. Like if this is a good like <laughs> rocks. <laughs> yeah, it rocks. And if you if you're trying to like play to a room full of people and you're trying to keep their you know, the energy up in the room, this is uh, from this album, which again is his seminal album. Like, which ones do you go to? Well, you, like you got to do this one. Yeah. There's also, I just took one ear off my headphone to double check before I spoke, but like there's buried in like the back, right? <laughs> just the most ripping slide guitar, <laughs> but it is not like if you're listening in stereo, it, it occupies very little sort of space left to right. It's just barely in the right back, and it's just ripping slide guitar. I just love the way they mix this. I mean, it's the Dave Cobb magic. Yeah, and it's the it's like antithetical to the wall of sound. There's, it is not like all encompassing. You know what I mean? When you think of wall of sound, you think about just like if you're in a room, like you, there's sound from the floor to the ceiling. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. what a wall is. This is not. This is like a block of sound. <laughs> it sounds like they recorded it live, even though I don't think they did. Yeah. It kind of does. Well, I mean, yeah, it's got live energy for sure. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. I don't think they did. It just it's so because it's so isolated. Everything is so isolated and like it's like a dwarf star. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the rest <laughs> like of this album dense. was not recorded live. The rest of this album was very meticulously put together in the studio. And so I, I, I imagine that this this song w- like followed that same format. But they did a great job. Jason and Dave do a great job of making it feel like they pulled all the musicians in together just to do this one song, you know? Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's, this is a, this is a five star, just like absolute perfect for what it's shooting for, you know, like sets out a thesis, does the research, everything comes back a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is, this is a perfect song. And even though it's sonically, it stands out from the rest of the album. Thematically it's right in the, it, it hits the bullseye. Yeah, you know, because it's yeah. all about like the fear of like what will happen if I continue down this this course of uh, non sobriety, basically. Dude, the first time I really listened to this record all the way through, I was I've told the story before. I think I was like building some furniture with a buddy of mine, 
he walked inside and brought a bottle of whiskey out and we just drank it hot while we were like working on this furniture and listening to sad music. <laughs> and by the time this song came on, we were like sad, drunk, and sitting down. <laughs> Not on the furniture, furniture that you anymore. Built? Yeah, no. <laughs> we weren't sure it was that sturdy yet. It ended up holding up for a long time, but we had been too sad to really worry about its structural integrity. And then this song came on and we absolutely just like <laughs> It was like the um, the guy I was telling you about on TikTok. Uh, shout out to um, oh, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? I do not know. The Jacob Givens on TikTok. Shout out to his like when he describes really heavy music. Uh, just check him out on TikTok if you haven't. Uh, anyway, this is this song is very much that sort of same vibe. It's just like it shocked us. Back. It was like someone defibrillated us after we had like passed out from sadness well that is kind of the, this song's function in this album because like it's sandwiched between the new south wales which we just talked about and yvette and like th- this song it, it like defibrillated is is a pretty good descri- description of what this song does to any listener of this record which is like yeah whoa whoa whoa, whoa. like just 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 before you were gonna like drift off to sleep and find yourself relaxing you know, um, with with a nice glass of O'Doul's or whatever, and yeah. all of a sudden it's like whoa, 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 whoa! Like a, just a oh, and like the first four seconds are, or not four. It's really, I guess, like the first two seconds because this is not a slow song, but it's just forcing it. Like the first bar is snare, and it's don't wanna die, yeah, and it's and it's G G G C like on a big you know acoustic and also on a, a super crunchy electric it's just everything is the exact same and the bass is doing eighth notes here and before it goes into bum 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 16th and it's just everybody in the band is like hit 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 mm. bum, 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 bum. and it's the, it makes it such it's like such an attack it's it's yeah it's an assault it's a it is the audio assault it's wonderful it is and in in the best possible way you're absolutely yes. right um, well, it is like you, getting slapped in the face. It's like when you're like passing out or asleep, and somebody just slaps you in the face. You're like, "Wow!" Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, <laughs> and I, I have to think he did that on purpose. I, I have yeah. to think that's exactly what he was going for here. I bet someone told him this record was like too sad and slow, and no one's gonna like it. And so he's like, well, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. Well, how about yeah? How about this? How about I crank it up to eleven just for one song? Yeah. Uh, all right. So, do you want to? Should we get into the lyrics? Um. Yeah. Do you want to do lyrics on on this one too? Uh, it's a, it's in, up to you. If you it, I mean, I, I don't know if we need them all, but like, uh, right. ju- just to sort yeah, of yeah. Okay. Yeah. We do. We do. It tells like such a great story. It does tell a great story. All right. So don't want to die in a super eight motel just because somebody's evening didn't go so well. If I ever get back to Bristol, I'm better off sleeping in the county jail, Bristol, Tennessee. It's you know, it's a tough place. It's where Rachel, <laughs> Rachel Tell Evans is from. No, she was from um, Dayton. Right, which is right outside of Bristol. Sorry. Okay. It's like the Bristol Metro. Oh, okay. I'm pretty I sure. I could be wrong, but they're cl- I know they're close. Oh, I'm sure you're right. Um, I don't think that Bristol necessarily has like a metro. <laughs> I think it's sort of a Tupelo situation. But Bristol was not famous for having hosted the Scopes Monkey Trial, which Dayton was. Right, Dayton was. So um, Bristol is famous for having the short track, the shortest NASCAR track in the circuit. And a pretty nasty Super 8 motel, if I if, if I understand it correctly. I would, yeah. So, yeah. 
So uh, don't so don't want to die in a Super 8 motel. Having such a sweet night. Audience was just right. Drinking like a pirate do. Don't want to <laughs> sleep yet. Buddy, it's a good bet. I'll raise more hell than you. Mm, yes. Fully, yes. This is a specific memory. This is such <laughs> for, a country song. Of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do a couple rails and chase your own tail and talk about the bad old days. Trim her in a t-shirt. Tell me her heart hurt. Honey, let me count the ways. <laughs> <laughs> then a big boy busted in, screaming at his girlfriend, waving around a fungo bat, which is like, <laughs> yeah. That's such a great descriptor. <laughs> yeah. Waving around a fungo bat. Okay. It's like a toy bat, but also like he's big dude, so I don't want to get hit with it. So we're, st- we're still trying to avoid the guy. <laughs> yeah. It's such a sp- perfect, like this is, oh man, the story I always tell about playing at Sheffield. Like this when I heard this for the first time, I was like, this happened to me. <laughs> I mean, like significantly less cocaine and death, but yes, the rest of it. Well, and then read the next three lines. Cause that, that yeah. makes me laugh. Then a big boy busted in screaming at his girlfriend, waving around a fungo bat. Bass player stepped up, which this is exactly what happened. <laughs> Bass player stepped up, brandished a coffee cup, took it in the baby fat. <laughs> took it in the baby fat. <laughs> oh yeah. And in the chorus again. Oh my gosh. And then oh, so he's that. back in the he's back in the hotel. Well, finally got the room clear, bleeding from my left ear, pretty bad, feeling pretty bad for the maid. Lost a cup of drink, couple drinks, and my dinner in the sink, and I woke up with the bed still made. <laughs> wasn't quite morning, and I wasn't quite breathing. My heart was way up in my throat. Girl started screaming, and the maid started screaming. And looks like that's all she wrote. Well, they slapped me back to life, and they telephoned my wife, and they filled me full of, here we go, Jason talking about pharmaceuticals in yeah. a song, Pedialyte. This is not <laughs> technically a pharmaceutical, but still. It's something you could buy at Walgreens. It's branded like a we'll pharmaceutical. Yeah. Saw my guts and my glory. It would make a great story if I ever could remember it right. I don't want to die Super Mattel. <laughs> this song is so much fun. And it just, like, rages so much in, oh, it's three and a half minutes. I thought it was, like, two minutes flat. It feels so fast. It feels like you actually gained time by listening to it. Yeah, it does. Like, you went, yeah, you, you went so fast, you, like, went back in time. That, if that you is... drink a cup of coffee while listening to the song, it's basically the same, like, chemical equivalent in your brain as taking, like, 50 milligrams of Adderall. The line, took it in the baby fat, makes me laugh every single time I hear it. <laughs> yeah, man. Bass players know about that. We've all got a gut, and we've all been punched in it by somebody that we didn't even make mad. With a fungo bat. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this so song funny. kills, dude. And, like, the guitars are killer. The rhythm guitar is killer. The slide guitar is killer. The drums are killer. The bass is just has everybody on its back, and it's just carrying this bad boy through. It's just, oh, it's, it's so good. This whole song is swinging a fungo bat and, and snorting some lines. Yeah, dude. This this song is like rails in the bathroom thing. That's like <laughs> doing rails while thing goes, things go off the rails is what this song is. Which is so funny that it's it's that, but it's it's a song about how he really is like – like it's it's almost like this is his reminder. Like you know how you leave like a note to yourself on the fridge to like not eat the chocolate cake that's in the fridge. This is this to me is the the note in his set list to remind remind himself like this is what I'm trying to avoid. Like you know yeah. what I mean. Like every yeah. night I get done doing a show, and somebody's gonna somebody's gonna make me an offer, and I need to remember the, yeah. the fungo bat and the. Bleeding yeah. from my ear, like you know, like all like the very worst parts yeah, of yes. why why I'm why I'm sober now. Yeah, uh, I have the I have a very specific story that 
we don't we don't have time for. It. I'm not gonna tell <laughs> that. Like I I remind myself of regularly. And I remember one time I was like I I you know had a stressful week and I was in like San Francisco and you know it was like I just had a great day at work or whatever and somebody <laughs> was walking in the street just like buds buds and I was like. I'm going to talk to this guy. And then I had a flashback. Like I had my super eight flashback that I always have. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to talk to this guy. (laughs) And I just like walked away. (laughs) (laughs) It's very much. uh, Yeah. Very much. good to remind yourself that, Hey, sometimes what you're striving for is, is death. Yeah. You know, sometimes you don't need suicide to, suicidal ideation to have a death wish if you're self-destructive yeah and this that's what this song is about the song is about just like self like being being a touring musician and also being deeply self-destructive yeah although it sounds like a lot of these things are happening to him like the guy coming in with the bat and you You know know, starting a fight if you're if you've been in a relationship and everybody that you've ever broken up with which is absolutely crazy you might be crazy (laughs) That's you know it's like, valid. Me, and my, I had this really bad year uh, when I was a, a freshman in college, maybe or there was a couple. It was a series of years. It was right around there, and it was just like everything kept not coming up. JB, you know, like, <laughs> and uh, and none of it was like technically my fault, <laughs> but you know, I realized way later, and I told my brother who had kind of a similar run of run of events. And uh, I took him out to lunch one day, and I was like, hey, look, I know none of this is really your fault, but let me tell you a story. (laughs) Mm. And I was like, I got to be honest with you, man. I made a couple of decisions every day that made it easier for those things to happen. (laughs) And I think that's sort of what this is like. It's like, yeah, so maybe you're just trying to have a cool little quick hookup. Or maybe you're just trying to do a line and go home. (laughs) But, like, you know, let's just... Think through three steps and see if, you know, the, the third step is, like, you calling your wife and going to bed, you know? Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. You want to go on to Yvette? Yeah, I mean, talk about, yeah, let's, so the next track is Yvette. I can barely make out A little light from the house on the cold Bedroom upstairs It's a family affair. I mean, talk about a, a change of tone. Yeah. So coming out of Super Eight, having been supercharged and you know had your had your sad self defibrillated, what does Yvette do for you? I gotta say the the left ear slide guitar is like, if I feel like when Bruce heard this for the first time, he was like, I mean that's what I was trying to get him to do back on Tone Love, <laughs> you know, like instead of the know, like in the '90s, you know, like the yeah. whenever he had the '90s band, you know, like yeah. he, you know, like that sound right there, mm. just that quick loud like in the left ear, yeah, yeah. Am There's I out of line really by nice saying play. that this is the least interesting song on this album? No, I don't think so. I don't know if Live Oak is more interesting. I mean, the, this song does the least for me. Of, of I mean, and the, it's just it, this just me. You know, I, everybody has their own sort of take on everything. Th- this is the song that I tend to think about and want to revisit the least. So I mean, like, I, I have to admit that I I regularly think this is a ten track album. 
that ends with Super 8. In my head, that's that's how this exists. And it could be. I mean, it could have been. Yeah. And it could be a 12-track record, I think, that ends with Yvette. I think... It, I, I'm not picking, though. This is a five-star record for me. It's yeah. one of my all-time favorite records. I mean, yeah. like, top five all-time favorite records. Yeah, and I don't dislike this song. Maybe on, not. On one of his other albums, on one of his earlier albums, I would have been like, this is a solid song. This is, like, leading to something good. But here, I feel like like the, the entire rest of this album is so transcendent to me, and this song is just... It's just good. You know, it's like a, it's like a seven and a half out of ten as opposed to like every other song, which is like a nine out of ten. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So so it's it's not like I don't like the song. I like I do like the song. I, I, I like the song a lot. It's just of, of all the songs on this record, if you were to if you if you were to just be like, Record's too big, something's gotta go, what's it gonna be? I would say I would I, this is the first one I uh, if, if all the chefs are cooking five star meals and I still have to to tell somebody to pack their knives and go home. It's Yvette. Yeah. I think that the... I don't know. I think the guitar is like... It's... it's the, So the guitar here is one of those things that like is pointing even more at like some, some versatility down okay. the road. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's like he's doing... He's showing off... This is sort of a resume song, I guess. Okay. Like, hey, do you want a ballad with a haunting guitar that, like, this is the, I think this is the first one of these songs that he writes that is actually about something. Ooh, okay. Keep going. Does that make sense? I think so. I'm not 100% sure what it's about yet. I was going to say, what, what is it about? Um, I don't know fully. Do you want to, should we get into the lyrics and see if we can parse it out? Yeah, 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 sure. Let's do it. Go for it. Um, I'm, well, is it, is it about suicide? I don't know. Um, so cleaning your gun in the South is like a thing that people put on death certificates. Yeah, but he's, he's cleaning his sight like, and his scope. Like you don't need your sight and your scope if you're going to take your own life. Oh, you're going to take somebody else's. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, my Weatherby, my, my Weatherby. I think Weatherby's a skip. Wait, no. Your no, he says a, your Weatherby's the Weatherby's a gun. Right, but right after that, he says, "My sight and my scope, and I hope against hope. I hope against hope." Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, I it's possible he, he's talking about planning to murder somebody. So okay, so it opens with, "I can barely make out a little light so, from that." Oh, sorry. Vets being abused by her dad. Okay. And this okay yeah yeah vets it's not suicide vets being abused by her dad and he's he's gonna kill the dad he's gonna kill the dad. Yeah. So yeah. So let's do these lyrics real quick. It's not very long. All right. Go ahead. I can barely make out a little light from the house in the cul-de-sac. Bedroom upstairs. It's a family affair. I've, which like is a is a line that does a heavy lift for later. Yeah. I've watched you in class. Your eyes cut are cut glass, and you stay covered upstairs. Head to your toes, so nobody will know it was you. I might not be a man yet, but that bastard will never be. So I'm cleaning my weather me, my sight and my scope. And I hope against hope. I hope against hope. Your mother seems nice. I don't understand why she won't say anything. As if she can't see who he turned out to be, I might not be a man yet, but your father will never be. So I load up my Weatherby. I let out my breath. And I couple with death. I couple with death. I saw your father last night in the window last night made a silhouette. Wait, I saw your father last night in the window. The light made a silhouette. Saw him hold you that way. He won't hold you that way anymore, Yvette. So it's a, okay. So I do know what it's about. It's it's about a girl whose father is sexually abusing her, and yeah. the this guy is gonna 
kill the dad. Which I guess is, that never came through to me when I listened to it. But when I read, like, I, just, I, I guess I hadn't read it, read it until just now when we were asking, like, what's it supposed to be about? Yeah, I and and that's it's very the, clear what it's about. Yeah, but and again, like, it's it's a good song, and it would totally fit on like Here We Rest or some some other album like that. But the entire rest of this album is about his own struggle towards sobriety. Yeah, and, you know what I mean. Yeah. And so, like, if, if this is a if this is a quasi concept album with what it, what is otherwise a really strong through line thematically, this this to me feels like it should have been an outtake. You yeah. know, th- this to me feels like he should have held it back and maybe put it on the next album. I could see how he could connect it here with some sort of like amends slash. Uh, I ain't done that, but I've done some messed up shit. Or I don't want to grow up. He's to be not the kind of man that this guy yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Like he's definitely not doing that because he's like sober and cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the things that make you the maddest are the things that you see in yourself and other people. Yeah. Um, which, which is the thing I've only said, I still have to say 15 more times, I guess. Why not? It bears repeating. <laughs> April and I were arguing about something today and I was like, I am so glad that you said that out loud. Cause you said it out loud last week. And that means you only have to say it two more times. Before you know it. And she laughed and she was like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. We should start telling each other when that happens so we can maybe skip one or two. Because, <laughs> you know, whenever you say it, you really believe it. But like three days later, you're like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then once you've said it enough, you're like, yeah, it really isn't worth it. So, yeah, I think that's what's going on here. Yeah. So I think it maybe elevated itself a little bit for me just now. It's 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 produced really well. It is... Probably not the correct combination of music and lyrics. I I think it's fine. I I the the, the combination of music and I, I like as a song. I got no complaints about it. Other it's other too than much of a just, slow dance song, man. It, you know what I mean? Is, like the and I might not be a man yet. Like that part is yeah. not like a murder ballad song. That's like very much a long you know like longing to grow up and fall in love melody. But the teenage boy who's narrating the song, that's how he oh, feels. Oh, is. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, you're right. All right, once again, you're right. Yeah, the teenage boy who's narrating this sees this as a love song. Like, he's going right, to rescue well, this maybe girl. maybe you convince me that this is maybe the best song on the record. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's the most out-of-place song on the record. Yes, it deserves, to, it should be on the next record. It would be, I think it would be a little bit faster on Something More Than Free. Maybe Not that that's yeah. a faster record necessarily. I just think this to fit there would be like a little bit faster. Like the drums would be a little bit different. The drums would be in front of the beat or yeah. on the beat instead of behind the beat. And it would be perfect fit for Southeastern. Well, what, what's interesting is it follows uh, Super 8, which I mean, sonically is very different, but thematically is correct for the album. And this song is sonically similar to the rest of the album, but it's thematically yes, different. But thematically incorrect. And also, tell- I just said, and then it would be perfect for Southeastern. And what I meant was it would be perfect for something more than free. Oh, I totally understood what you meant. Yeah. Um, and, yeah and so-, so that would have been much like whenever I said uh, years and years ago, leaning on Lil Steven. Well, um, and I... And I guess that's sort of to just go back and make sure that what I did say was what I did mean. No, you're uh, you're you're right on. You're fine. Um, but th- to me, this this sort of this sort of answers the question: Is it more important to be thematically in in, in sync or um, sonically in sync? And to me, the, this song answers that. This song is super eight together because if you were to say like, okay, you have to get rid of one of the one of these two songs. 
both of these songs don't fit in one way or another, and you have to get rid yeah. of one. I would keep Super 8 and lose Yvette, even though Yvette is more sonically in um, in line with the rest of the album. Super 8 is more part of the story that the album is trying to tell. You know yeah. what I mean? But you can't fault Jason for wanting to put the guitar part from Yvette in this record, because it is definitely a little bit of a show-off. Yeah. Not in, like, not in speed or vir- virtuosity, but, like, in touch. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to play each of these notes as loud as they should be played. Exactly as loud as they should be played, but no louder. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna push these frets down softer than anyone thinks that frets should be pushed down. And I'm still going to get clean tone. Mm. It's yeah. just, yeah, it's, it, those are the moments where I'm like, well, I'm only ever going to be an intermediate guitar player. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's when you realize expert guitar playing is not about being able to play a certain thing. It's about being able to play a certain thing, like, a certain with your own touch. Yeah. And like, I can't play at the, you know, at the, you know, the point I'm at to be able to play, you know, those kinds of things, I'm putting everything into it. Right. I don't have enough brain power to put into like touch. (laughs) Mm. And that is what makes like these people special. Yeah. And and he is, he is special in terms of like how he plays his guitar. Yeah. So how are you on uh, relatively easy? Okay, so is this, the, is the this final track is this musically? Well, let's 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 talk about. It. So the final track on the album is called "Relatively Easy." Are you having a long day? Everyone you meet rubs you the wrong way. Dirty city streets smell like an ashtray. Morning bells are ringing in your ear. Is your brother on a turn? I like it. I, I think relatively easy goes back to sort of home base in terms of what this album is doing. Um, it, it's not it's not as clear cut. I don't think as um, like some some of the other songs on the album, but I th- I think it works. I think I think it's an excellent closing track on this album. How do you feel about it? I think that for someone who is like battling about whether or not they should be like involved in some sort of sobriety community. The verse is your brother on a church kick seems like just a do- another kind of dope sick better off to teach a dog a card trick than try to have a point and make it clear is like, <laughs> that is the battle, right? Yeah. Well, and that's in, in my, in my own particular mental health journey. One of the things I've heard people say when I've gone to groups is like sort of like the need to resist the urge to compare your own suffering to the suffering of somebody else because, Oh my gosh. Yes. You know what I mean? So the because the worst thing that happened to you is the worst thing that happened to you, and so like to that's you, yeah. Um, and and so you can't you can't minimize your own troubles simply because there are other human beings who exist who, on like some sort of numerical scale, may may like may have had a worse thing happen to them. Like that, yeah. That that doesn't change your own trauma, and that doesn't change your own suffering. And so I feel like this song is sort of like living in that space of because he talks about. I mean, he talks about his friend well, dying. You know what I mean? And also, and, it doesn't make their trauma your trauma. That's right. That's which right. Is a, which is just as big of a part of that sort of this theme in that moment. <laughs> uh, yeah. I had this moment where I realized uh, a piece of my trauma through the lens of a larger group's trauma that I am in no way related to or can identify with. Yeah. Know, whether Whether I would want to or not. And I realized that while I was having a conversation with someone and tried to 
sort of explain that. <laughs> Luckily, it was a very close friend <laughs> out loud to them. And it was like, uh, you know what? Never mind. Completely never mind. This is a good tool for me. This is not a great tool for anyone else. Because everyone's thing is their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like, think... Yeah. I think this song is is about reckoning with that and about wrestling with 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 your own struggles and your own your own demons that you have to fight. And because the whole the whole album has been him sort of up with with the exception of Yvette has been him dealing with his own like journey and struggle with sobriety and um healthy relationships and and all those things. And so this song is I I think him saying like, yeah, I really like almost like he's he's giving voice to his own critics and saying like I realize that some people have had it harder. I realize that there are going to be people who die of this thing that I have at least temporarily recovered from. Yeah. And um, and I'm not trying to minimize those things. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to reflect my own journey. I think this song is him kind of giving voice to that struggle, that part of the struggle at least, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, let's read these lyrics. We've read all the other ones. Like, let's do it. <laughs> we should especially read these, right? Absolutely. I mean, this is the this is the album closer. This is this yeah. is the final word. And it's just I don't know. I think it's kind of a sweet. It's one of those self realizations where you can like, it's a conversation you have with yourself where you maybe at the end cry a little bit because you know it's going to be okay and yeah. it still hurts a little bit too. Uh huh. Um, which is a it's a good cry. It's that's my that's my top probably top three cries these days <laughs> <laughs> yeah i hear you that and survivor family visits uh <laughs> <laughs> i love how into certain like the, the one show you're more into than top chef is survivor just it's if so i'm consistent about anything it's survivor man it's your rea- uh, your reality show well, love it's just when i re- when i got to the end of all the survivors and then had gone back and rewatched the ones i didn't remember over the course of my you know life it wasn't like, oh, this I'm consuming way more Survivor. It was just like I'm consuming the amount of Survivor that's available to me and then dipping back in a little bit. And then <laughs> at some point during the pandemic, I was like, I could really use a family visit to cry about right now because I don't cry about a lot of just normal stuff and I'm kind of hurt today. And I was like, oh, wait, there's like a million international survivors. <laughs> oh, sweet. We're good. We can just do super cuts of family visits from here. You're all set. Yeah, I'm all set. So anyway, uh, anyway, here's a family visit, a survivor family visit for you. <laughs> the lyrics are relatively easy. Yes. Are you having a long day? Everyone you meet rubs you the wrong way. Dirty city streets smell like an ashtray. Morning bells are ringing in your ear. I mean, can the dude draw out a syllable to rhyme the next one or what? You he's, know what I mean? He's excellent at that, yes. Oh, and he always makes it feel... Just his meter is the most southern meter of any, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even people who are like trying to put it on or do it. It, or it, it does like, seem effortless to him to just yeah. be able to like put on that like affectation. The or people, there's even people like Chris Brown and I mean Zach Brown and Chris Stapleton who are uh, who are like are very southern and do a little affect. And I'm not saying Jason doesn't, but like, and they still. As good as they are, like, they still just can't even get that. You know what I mean? Like, just that natural. It just feels like you're listening to your, your, you know, uncle tell a story at a family reunion on the back porch in the woods somewhere in Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, anyway. Is your brother a church kick on a church kick? Seems like just a different kind of dope sick. Better off to teach a dog a card trick than try to save a point. Try to have a point and make it clear. You should know. Uh, compared to people on a global scale, our kind has it relatively easy. 
And here with you, there's always something to look forward to. My angry heart beats relatively easy. I lost a good friend. Christmas time when folks go off the deep end. His woman took the kids and he took Klonopin. Which is like, she took the kids. He took the drugs. That's such a balanced sort of visualization. Yeah. Well, and Enough one, to kill once a man again, twice Once again, size. naming a pharmaceutical. like And the, drawn out a syllable so that it's a southern... Like, this that this line is maybe the most Jason Isbell line of all time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Klonop- all right. I have a friend who was prescribed, like, a good bit of Klonopin on a daily basis by multiple doctors. And he has, under the guise of great doctors, replaced Klonopin with just, like, some weed sometimes. So just just a shout out to people doing research in that area. Turns out it's not just for hippies. It's also for medicine. Anyway. That's sorry. right. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Rob and I haven't had like a uh, very much. Like Rob may not even agree with that. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm sitting in Oklahoma City, um, like within oh, yeah. walking distance of like maybe a half dozen dispensaries. dispensaries. So <laughs> I, geographically, my, my surroundings agree with you. Yeah. And then you have like this right here. You have this incredible sort of not yeah. It's like slide guitar, like a nice slide guitar sort of angelic thing. Uh-huh. Uh, not for me to understand or remember him when he was still a proud man, a vandal smile, a baseball in his right hand, nothing but the blue sky in his eyes. Still compared to those, a stone's throw away from you. Our lives have both been relatively easy. It's just sort of a remembering. Well, it's kind of uh, his sad. His friend he lost. I mean, he's. I mean, like he's talking about a, a friend of his who uh, died from suicide, and yeah. then he's saying, "And we've had it relatively easy." Like, like it, so. It, I mean, he's he's talking about like a person has died, and he and there's still like the the tendency to minimize. This is a song that holds up really well this year. <laughs> yes, it does very much. Yeah, so. yeah, uh, yeah. So much so that I'm writing a note to myself right now to re-remember this song and possibly <laughs> do something with a re- cover of it oh nice um yeah so uh anyway take a year and make a break there ain't that much at stake the answers could be relatively easy watch that lucky man walk to work again he may not have a friend left in the world see him walking home again to sleep alone or step into a shop to buy a postcard for a girl I broke the law, boys. Shouting out the window of my loft, boys. When they picked me up, I made a big noise. Everything to blame except my mind. Which I don't know what that means. Um, Other than uh, it just sounds like he's 20 and in college. <laughs> when they picked me up, I made a big noise. Everything to blame except my mind. In other words, like the, the, the one true culprit here is that I made a bad decision. But I'm I'm externalizing that, and I'm I'm projecting, like my shooting out the window, <laughs> you know I'm 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 blaming every other possible circumstance other than the fact that I made a choice. Oh uh, yeah, 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 I got you. You know, I thought it was shouting. No shooting, shooting, shooting yeah. out the window. Of my Very loft. clear. Yeah, yeah, much more clear now. Yeah, I should say I keep your picture with me every day. The evenings now are relatively easy here with you. There's always something to look forward to. My lonely heart beats relatively easy. My lonely heart beats relatively easy. Which well, is like, I'll I'll take that on as my like TM mantra. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, my lonely heart beats relatively easy. Let's all tattoo that on our index finger, like on the inside of it. 
and just yeah we have a lonely heart it sucks so yeah so he's and also it beats relatively easy you know like pain and suffering exist in the world in greater circumstances but also the first part of the sentence is my lonely heart like we have to deal with our own well he's and he's lost someone very specifically it says i i and and i should say i keep your picture with me every day the evenings are now relatively easy which so relatively easy in the song is a synonym for very difficult you know, yeah. it, it's, it is like he's he's minimizing like it begins with loneliness um, and then it, it goes to um, the, like the suicide of a friend to then like the, the loss of someone who he was close to. And he yeah. keeps he keeps trying to like push it down and minimize it and kind of dealing with um, there, there's always someone who's worse off. And maybe like that's some some amount of consolation for the, the pain and the struggle. And maybe he's looking for that. Maybe he's trying to gain perspective. Maybe he's trying to trying to make himself feel better. I don't know. But um, but it, it's an interesting way to close this album. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got this new sort of thing that I think about when I'm thinking about suffering. So I, I remember as a child when my mom you know, would like tuck me in and we'd be saying prayers and, and, and or people in church would be like, we'd be praying about whatever, even like in high school, the football team or at home, you know, that everybody has a good night's sleep. I remember as a kid thinking like me having a good night's sleep. What about Bosnia? I didn't even really know about Bosnia. (laughs) I just knew the kids were dying there. Right. Yeah. Or like in high school, like, Oh, the football team is willingly putting on helmets and clashing, you know, like let's pray for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, And then someone was like, well, God has infinite bandwidth. And I was like, well, even so we should use it all for, (laughs) we should use 100% of the infinite bandwidth because I can't understand infinite bandwidth, obviously. Obviously. Um, Or because that's a very flawed metaphor. One one of the two. Anyway, um, that's, so I have to remember that when I think about, um, pain right yeah because it took me a long time to realize that like i hurt as a person you know i'm talking about like two weeks ago uh in a specific way uh like what hurt is right and so um you and and my hurt is so inconsequential it's that my wife didn't listen to me the other day or something right when people are like dying yeah uh and this song is about like yeah, your your pain is relatively easy, but like, man, this relatively easy pain is the loss of someone close to me. Yeah, right. Like, it it's not the the pain existence of other people's pain does not invalidate the reality of your own. Is something that my therapist said to me one day, just in a sentence, but I have remembered like verbatim since. <laughs> um, and that's what that's what the song is about. Is like you, it's okay to hurt. Yeah, and it's okay to deal with your hurt. Well, that that um, is a hard thing to know. internalize when when other people are also suffering. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, definitely realize that and understand that, and even internalize that. Yeah, but you can't do um, anything about it if you're an absolute fucking mess. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, totally. <laughs> right, and that seems like a superfluous, as my wife would say, a superfluous f word there, but not after the last year. Right. No. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. We are all an absolute fucking mess, and we need to do, unless you haven't spent the last year doing self-work, we need to do a little bit, Um, or we're all going to, you know, self-destruct. I think a lot of people who are probably not prone to self-work probably ended up doing some self-work over the past 12 months, I would say. Yeah. 
I am prone to self-work and I learned, I mean, I learned obvious things about myself. Mm, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. And I, I have it on good authority. You did too. I did. I did. indeed. <laughs> I did. I think we have both told each other things this year were, uh, like we thought we were getting, like we thought the other person was going to be like, oh, what? <laughs> and the other person was like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. That sounds right. That's, uh-huh. that is very yeah. on track. Yes. Yeah. And you went to babes? No. You, oh, <laughs> and you went to therapy. Oh, yeah, no, good, 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 good. I just, yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, I think this, as an album closer, this is solid. I think it's a great way to sort of punctuate what it is he's been trying to say throughout the album. And other than Yvette, I think this is kind of a perfectly, like, seamless concept album. Poor Yvette, too, because, like, man, Yvette could be a five-star song on another, rec- on another record. I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, nothing against the song, just the placement on the album. Is is my uh, is my only complaint? I'm gonna pull up the album list real quick, and I'm just gonna see which one I think it would be the best on. I mean, I really do think that it's something more than free. I think yeah, either something more than free or he here we rest. Yeah. Ass- assuming like it it has it infinitely existed, but if he were if he had recorded Southeastern, and then at the last minute decided to hold back Yvette, but he wanted to use it somewhere else. It definitely would not have worked on the Nashville sound. It, I, I don't think it would have worked okay. It wouldn't have worked on reunions. Reunions. So let, something more than free is kind of the only place you it's can kind of the only place. left. Yeah. I think it fits on, you know, like 24 frames is not way off. There's a lot, you know there's I mean? a lot of sorrow on something more than free. Well, and I'm looking forward to getting to that album. Yeah. 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 Oh, man, I can't wait. Something more than free is the, is, if it was in, <laughs> We say this all the time. Like, obviously, if it was my record, it would be the best record ever made. But like, if it was most artists' records, it would be the best one they made. It's a great you know album. I mean? Yeah, it, it is. It, it's unfortunate that it sits between Southeastern and the Nashville Sound, which are not just Jason's two best albums, but like two two of the best albums to have come out of the 2010s. And that something more than free is there as a solid like 8.5 out yeah. of 10 album is, you know, I mean that that's just a testament to how good he got. I mean, like, and this is, this is a bad example. It's just, but like, if Brooks and Dunn wrote something more <laughs> than free, on. it would be their best record. Though, when I first thought of that, I was like, I would pay really good money to hear Brooks and Dunn play if it takes a lifetime or 24 frames. Like, I think those would be banging covers because yeah. I do love Brooks and Dunn. <laughs> and th- those are two great songs, by the way, like yeah. songs that he continues to do live and to, to great success. Yeah. The whole record's great. It is. I'm and excited was, to talk about it. The song speed trap town sounds like a, um, American aquarium BJ Barnum song. Mm-hmm. And they end up working together. Uh, oh, cool. Later in the, uh, Jason Isabel MCU. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, final thoughts on the album. We're done with Southeastern. So you got any final thoughts? Any any parting words? Uh, No. Oh, I I just made the point about the American Aquarium and Jason ended up working together. I'm pretty sure it's right after BJ got sober, too. So it's like even more a part oh. of the Jason is full. Movie Extended cin- universe. Cinematic universe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No. No, this is such a good record. And I think everyone should listen to it like non-stop for like a day yeah i think i think it is it is just dang near perfect it 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 totally deserves its place on rolling stones top 500 list and i'm so glad i'm so glad we have it yeah like if you're in a tough place wait maybe a little bit 
Unless you're in a tough place and you need some solidarity. But, like, if you're in a tough place, maybe wait. But, you know, if you got a rainy day coming up and you're looking for some vinyl to spend, to spend, like, some time with. Yeah. You know, this will, this is, <laughs> or, like, if you're in AA and you're trying to do a couple steps. <laughs> You know, like it's a great mental health journey. Yeah, it's uh, not a album. bad place to go. Yeah, it's very, very good. I love this album. Yeah, I said At, if you're an AA and you're trying to take a couple steps, like you could do it during like a half of a record. You know, but if you're trying to like write write out some plans for a step, <laughs> right? Yeah, this is a this is a solid record, and it, it is it is about growth, and it is about like that tough growth. Yeah, that, you know. The transitional growth, not what? about the the day to day. You know, this isn't the two mile run for maintenance. This is the six mile run for fiber muscle fiber growth. You know. Yeah, this is this is one of the top five best albums to come out of the top out of the twenty tens that wasn't made by Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I would put it in records that you know, like I think it's up there. You'd hold, you it, put, hold it up against even if you put Wrecking Ball. Springsteen records in it. No, uh, but there's other records I would hold it up against, maybe. Yeah, I'd hold it up against High Hopes. It's I, I, w- I would put it in regard next to, maybe just slightly above Western Stars. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I would go... Um, well, hang on. I, now that I mention it, I'm going to just... We can cut this pause, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I can, cut, I can cut the pause. We can also just leave it in, you know, for the sake of you <laughs> and your just incredibly tiring, tiring lines. Just let the silence speak for itself. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got Western Stars, Letter to You. Oh, is in the next decade. Okay. Let, yeah. Letter to You is in the 2020s. I would put this below Letter to You. I would put this above Western Stars. Oh, no. That's a spoiler. Uh, <laughs> and then I would put it above High Hopes and below Wrecking Ball. I think I'm I'm about there with you. Um, I would put it above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Wrecking Ball is the only record from the 2000s that I think is better than this. The 2010s. 2010s. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, I, I I would I would probably consider the King is Dead by the Decemberists. Um, I I'd I'd, I'd have to weigh a lot. Oh yeah. I just spent a lot compared, of time. I just been compared to Springsteen. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, the King is Dead is is so it might go like Wrecking Ball, Southeastern. I don't know if the King is Dead is in there. Like Gorilla Manor seems superfluous to put in there, but I think Gorilla Manor is like it mm. maybe it made me think about record production differently, completely differently because I made that at home. Local natives, by the way. Okay, they did a great interview with Pete Holmes sometime during the pandemic, and I just listened to it. The local natives. Oh, nice. If you, like Rob and I, are grew up church kids, they, they like, did a, de- a speech and debate their senior year that was uh, on apologetics. <laughs> they were a part of <laughs> Rick Warren's A Purpose Driven Life, and now they're in, like, a band that people, like, roll to. <laughs> Is that true? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're super, like, I heard this interview with them with Pete Holmes, and they're like, we've been waiting for this interview our whole, like, any, you know, everybody's interviewing us, and like, what do you think about, like, how trippy your music is? And we're like, we want to talk to Pete Holmes about you. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, dude. Uh, anyway, yeah, all right. that was a great record. Anyway, that has that. nothing to do with all of this, besides the fact that one of the best records of the 2010s, I mean, by a long shot. Yeah, definitely. Um... um 
My deep dark twisted fantasy is in there though. Oh yeah, we're talking top fives. Now we're, now we're just doing the top fives. <laughs> I just Why can't not? stop thinking about it. This is how my I get it from my dad. If you ask him like a top five list in a in the morning, he'll just drop it at any point. Somebody will be you'll be like uh, giving your order at a, <laughs> with him in the passenger seat at a at a drive through, and he'll lean over to you. You'd be like, yeah, I'll have a number three with, and he'll be like, you know. I think that uh, Rosalita. I think that might be the <laughs> top five. <laughs> that's funny. That's that's excellent. I, li- I, I like your dad. That's yeah. Funny. Y'all would be super buds. Um. All right. Well, I think we're out of time. We so, are fully out of time. Um. But man, this has been a fun album to talk about, and I, I'm glad we took the time to to do three episodes on it. Yeah. Me too. And sorry to everybody that it took so long. I'm I'm still having trouble with my work schedule, so we really appreciate everybody's patience. Um. But thanks and thanks for staying still- with us. Us on Rob today, like it's not just his work schedule. I just text him before he texts me usually, <laughs> and I'm like, "Hey, do you want to do this?" <laughs> yeah, it does feel like a game of chicken. In things terms have of gotten, like, yeah, things have gotten weird. Hopefully, things are going to even out. If not, we promise we'll figure something out. Um, yeah. So well, we'll keep we'll keep making the episodes. It just uh, maybe a little slower than what we're, what everybody's used to, but we do appreciate everybody's patience. So um, anyway, the next time we we get together, we're going to talk about something more than free, which is Jason Isbell's follow up album to this. Which I'm sure there was a lot of expectations because Southeastern was was a huge success, and so I'm sure he had a lot of weight on his shoulders in terms of what to expect next. And we're going to see what that turned out to be when we talk about something more than free, for sure. But, but until then, I'm Rob, and that's JB. And yeah. also until then, if you don't know yet, there's a uh, a little bit of bonus content on the Patreon page for the patrons out there. Just because I know it's been a while. I don't know if it's worth it or not, but enjoy. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a sales pitch. I don't know if it's worth it or not. Look, well, I don't want to be like, it's the greatest thing you've ever seen. You open it up, it's a cover. It's like me doing a cover of Jason Isbell's song. It's like, that's pretty yeah, cool. I mean, it's all right. You know, it's fine. Also, half the money goes to No Kid Hungry. Right. So it's not a total waste. It's not a total waste. <laughs> exactly. It's only half a waste. It's only half a waste. Minus. No, it's not. I mean, the the, the cover alone, I think, is worth the price of admission. Okay. I mean, or like a quarter waste. I think, I'm. you know, I don't feel bad about it. I just don't ever assume that anyone else, you know, like I love Bruce Springsteen. A lot of people don't like the way his voice sounds. I don't think that's correct. I understand it. Yeah. I also have, I also have like a high gain, push it till you get the note right voice. So I also just like as someone who analyzes Bruce Springsteen regularly and in public, I understand that yes. I also have a voice that some people very much don't care for. Well, whatever. Those, those people are not our patrons. They might, well, oh, yeah, you're right. It's true. But, I mean, mine specifically. They might not be. So, it's fine. But, anyway, there's a cool cover. I enjoyed it. I wrote a little thing about why I did that cover specifically. Um, We'll keep doing little things while we're (laughs) trying to figure out. Well, and hopefully hopefully once we get a little bit more time, we'll be able to get back to the Rolling Stone 500 list. I I really want us to, to finish that. It's just... It, it it that that just takes more time and it's it the time time is the one asset that i do not have more of so yeah um anyway so all right well thanks so much everybody for being with us jb thanks for hanging out and talking jason as well and yeah, um, dude, look, it was good to talk to you again always good to talk to you as well and we'll get together soon to talk about something more than free and until then we'll see everybody next time mm-hmm.